Welcome to Right Spokane Perspective with your host, Tim. And Shannon. It's opinion, fact, information, and your alert system. Stay tuned and enjoy the show. And welcome back to Right Spokane Perspective. On this family-friendly Friday episode, we have Glindy Loringer in with us. She is the Executive Director of Life Services, and we are family-friendly here, so the formation of family is important. God gave us the biological tools to do that, and it seems like we have a culture turning against that biology, but we want to be family-friendly in the future so that we have a future of homo sapiens running around having a great time enjoying all the gifts that god has presented us we're going to jump into that conversation with glindy after inspiration i don't know that i could think of life without the giggle of a baby mm. i just don't know that i could do that well that's kind of how it starts out you know you don't want to start out with a teenager because you know you need that time to build up to <laughs> the parenting skills for the teenager so anyhow the giggle we- of a teenager is good too okay let's go let's with under in. god's wings There are several Canada goose families with baby geese at the pond near our apartment complex. The little goslings are so fluffy and cute. It's hard not to watch them when I go for a walk or run around the pond. But I've learned to avoid eye contact and give the geese a wide berth. Otherwise, I risk a protective goose parent suspecting a threat and hissing and chasing me. The image of a bird protecting her young is one of the scriptures that is used to describe God's tender, protective love for his children. In Psalm 61, David seems to be struggling to experience God's care in this way. He'd experienced God as his refuge, a strong tower, but now he called desperately from the ends of the earth, pleading, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He longed to once more take refuge in the shelter of God's wings. And in bringing his pain and longing for healing to God, David took comfort in knowing that he'd heard him. Because of God's faithfulness, he knew he would ever sing in praise of his name. Like the psalmist, when we feel distant from God's love, we can run back to his arms and be assured that even in our pain, he's with us, protecting and caring for us as fiercely as a mother bird guards her young. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your fierce, protective love for us, Help us to rest securely in your tender care. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we need to be those kinds of parents that we protect the young. We protect those. Even in our community, you want to protect the children you see walking down the street, right? You don't want to see harm come to them in any way. And I I think about children, you know, as we jumped into the show talking about, you know, the, I don't know, either the cooing, the the laughter of a baby. (laughs) That's also going to be the person that cares for us when we're old. Now, folks, Shannon has missed out in the last couple weeks of the year because she was caring for our elders. And I think about the future in our society, our culture, when we have so many people that have no one that they've created, that they've you know birthed and, and brought into the world and raised, who's going to take care of those folks? It's not their children that they didn't have. So we've got someone in studio with us today, Glendy Loringer. She's going to be talking to us about life services and the things that are going on with that organization. Thanks for coming in. Oh, you guys, thanks for having me. It's amazing to be here. It's chilly here, though. It's cold. (laughs) It is cold. It is cold. So when we talk about life through life services lens of service, just give us an update there, and then we'll kind of jump into some of these bigger issues. Yeah, it's interesting when we 
what you said when you talk about life through the lens. You know, we, uh, we're a ministry that's dedicated to the sanctity of life at conception. And so everything that we do is all in support, in protection, uh, in nurturing or lifting up the value of life from mom, uh, dad, and, and the preborn baby. And so we've got so much going on. Can I tell you just a little bit about us for somebody who may Absolutely. not know? Absolutely. Is that okay? Yeah. So Life Service has been around for about 32 years in Spokane. And so we are a program that includes medical clinics. So full medical clinic. We added an ARNP uh, nurse midwife last year. So we can do everything reproductive for both men and women. And really our forte is uh, pregnancy and, and uh, ultrasound and, and People come to us, about 60% of who come to us are seeking an abortion. We don't provide for or refer for abortion, but we have all sorts of information and care, wraparound care for them. So then we also have outreach to the community. You'll see us out uh, where you find our clientele, 18 to 28-year-olds. So we'll be at Hoop Fest. We'll be at Spike and Dig and Bloomsday, um, just creating an awareness that life's valuable. And then you'll also, or we're also a system of programs. So mentoring program, really strong mentoring program coming alongside uh, men and women who are experiencing an unplanned pregnancy. Mentoring, we'll just stop there real quick. Yeah. I know you've got a lot of other I things. I know, I've got a whole so, list. In, in mentoring, that's it seems to be one of the areas that a lot of people really need help in. And, you know, mm. whether it's, you know, financial decisions, life decisions, you know, what's going on with your life so we can move you into a place where uh, things that are unplanned when they come, you know, whether it's a pregnancy or something else, mm-hmm. you know, how do you work through that? So that's, to me, mentoring is, is a huge piece of how do I deal with tomorrow when I'm confused about what's going on today? Well, confused and I don't have anybody. So often uh, we have clients who come in and they don't have anybody and they just found out they're pregnant. Mentoring seems to be a a huge thing just so people can figure out how to deal with tomorrow when they're struggling with today. Well, and it's not just that they're struggling with today. Their circumstances are horrendous, usually. Uh, they, They have nobody. I can't tell you how often we hear that from our clients. They come in and they find out they're pregnant and they're like, he just walked out on me and I got nobody. Um, about 70% of our clients, guys and gals, come to us, and they're from father-absent homes. So, and single mamas, or they're living on their own, they're jumping from couch to couch. And so so they're, they're coming from a dysfunctional uh-huh. foundation, going into a, a, a dysfunctional situation where they are looking at having another person to care for. Yeah. And so for us, it's just an incredible opportunity. You talked about the lens that we look at. We don't... We don't look at it as this dysfunctional thing. We look at it as a huge opportunity for us to just breathe hope into these clients and bring people, just like you and and Shannon, alongside them to say, you can do this. You can do this. I know your mom and dad weren't there or aren't there. We're going to stand with you. Yep, we can break the chain. We're going to break those generational cycles. And we see it happen all the time. We're just, it's taking the next step. It's encouragement to take the next step. Don't give up. There is, the sun will come up tomorrow. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And so that's one of the reasons we started this mentoring program is just realizing that these these young people, 18 to 28 year olds, are not going to do it. That They're choosing abortion in droves in part because they have nobody telling them that they can do it. And yet when we see them choose life, um, oh my gosh, their entire outlook on life, not just around parenting, but their outlook on their jobs, on their career, on, their, on can I go back to school? All of a sudden they have a can-do out, outlook that it just transforms everything. And then you add Jesus into the mix when we can actually get them in a healthy community. 
because with our mentoring program, we have almost 40 churches, different churches across Spokane represented, and that's part of our mentor's um, uh, dream is that their mentoree will, will come to church with them, and, and we see it happen all the time. That's great. I We just had um, a couple days talking about housing, and I think about that where it used to be in this country, in most countries actually, where you have multi-generational homes mm -hmm. because housing's expensive. And I, you know, people that say, well, I, I just don't think I can afford to have children. I don't know how you can afford not to have children. You see the cost <laughs> of what a nursing home is, right, you know, right. I need, you need to stay in your home as long as possible. The cost of raising that kid's just, a, I don't know, 18 months in a nursing home, right? <laughs> uh, future investment. Yeah, it's a future investment. Yeah, somebody that, that loves you and is going to care for you the way you loved and cared for them, right? Right. That's exactly it. So, so there's a, that's a long-term future. That's, you know, these the steps that you're literally helping people make baby steps in providing a situation for a ba baby that's on the way. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we're really passionate about that. We're really passionate just about helping people um, just open their eyes, take the blinders off from some of the things that they've told uh, or been told about life. So got lots more to what we do, a whole education arm and restoration arm um, that involves counseling and mental health. And uh, yeah. So the, the restoration is, is really huge. And I, I think that you are probably talking about those things on a new podcast that you guys have <laughs> launched in Life Renovation. That's the Life Renovation podcast. Tell us a little bit about that before we go off into the break here in about three in a minute. Okay. So in Quick three minutes. Life Renovation Podcast. So we wanted to break down some of the walls that divide us um, in by creating meaningful conversations around faith, family, and sexuality. Oftentimes we see that uh, people have wounds in those areas, those three key areas, and we tend to build walls around our wounds, right? Yeah. So we called it Renovation on Purpose. It's not a DIY uh, house renovation. It's literally a life renovation. Um, Taking a, putting a spotlight on some of those areas in faith, family, and sexuality that have been kind of captured by the enemy, captured by a lot of lies or, or areas where people have been wounded in, and shining the light on some of the truth, uh, bringing a lot of inspirational story and um, tools to, to mind in about a 30-minute podcast. And our whole goal is that just somebody would take a step forward. You know, I had sexual trauma in my background, but I hear a story about somebody um, walking through a healing group and finding freedom um, from that trauma or, or the fear of men or fear of the dark or, or whatever that that trauma brought to them. And all of a sudden they find the courage through a story to take a step forward. And so that's just one example. Uh, and I think trauma is a huge topic for our culture because just just the pop culture now to me is traumatic I, you know just some of the music is traumatic you know <laughs> the images that we see on a regular basis are traumatic i think you know and and there's just a dark underbelly in the world that doesn't seek righteousness it doesn't seek the health of the people around them that really just has victimized so many people mm -hmm. the, just the culture itself yeah well and our culture is all online as you know that i mean you you guys have an active um amazing podcast right here and so we knew that um pulling people together in a conference or wasn't just wasn't practical anymore especially post-covid and but we could reach people through the podcast and so we are hoping that this will literally transform lives so we've We've got a new one that drops this Tuesday, uh, and it's one of our pastors in town. He's given kind of a state of the church. Where is the church at, especially post-COVID and especially here in Spokane? And then we'll do state of the family and state of sexuality, and then we'll cover 
all the topics and all the all the questions that y'all have out there. And I find this really interesting. I was I was talking with a good friend this morning, and she says, you know, just where are the churches? The churches don't take on this, the topics. The the pastors don't talk about the topics from, you know, from trauma or or things that we have going in our past. And and why don't they? Why don't the pastors answer these questions and take on renovation type topics so that we can come around people in life and. And I, I told her, I said, you know, we were told in life that we were going to have struggles. We were going to have trials. Mm-hmm. Those struggles and those trials help us to help other people through their struggles and their trials. I'm pretty sure that somewhere along the line, Satan wants to block us from being able to show how much we have gained in coming through those struggles and those trials. I think this podcast is amazing. I think that you are going to break through into a new area where people are really searching for that information. They want to hear about those topics. So well, I those just topics, want to say thank so. you. You're going to find a whole lot. I'm sure as you guys break into this uh, podcast realm, you're going to have a lot of folks that want to come on and tell their success stories mm-hmm. of where they felt like there was no foundation, there was no hope to a place where there is hope, there is a foundation, there is a future, not just for them, but their children, which is great because they're raising the generation that will be caring for them. We always have to remember that if we're going to be supportive of life, we have to understand why we have this gift given from God to create life in the womb. And it's because we need a future of people that are going to serve him and serve us to make sure we don't just get tossed into that nursing home. Anyways, we're going to take a break. We're going to be right back again with Glendy Loringer, Executive Director of Life Services. Go ahead and go to their website. Look them up. That's lifeservices.org. Lifeservices.org. Write that down and use it as a resource for family and friends who are struggling in areas that they are experts in. We'll be right Hey, and welcome to 2024. Yes, Right Spokane Perspective is still on the air. Thanks to you listeners that have contributed to keeping the show going. Yes, those contributions go directly to the show. We fell a little bit short last year in our fundraising. We need to make sure that we can continue the show throughout the year. So you can go to rightspokaneperspective.com to contribute or send those most generous checks to P.O. Box 7620-99207 and make those checks payable to Right Spokane Perspective. Again, we want to stay on the air. We're going to be bringing you interviews throughout the legislative session about the things that are going on at the state capitol there in Olympia, and we'll be bringing you more interviews to keep us all informed on the things in our local community. Let's keep us on the air. Thanks again, and back to the show. And welcome back to this Family Friendly Friday with Glendy Loringer, Executive Director of Life Services. We've got to talk a little bit about Life Services, and there's some mix-up on branding. It's, it seemed like before you came into Life Services, and things, I don't know, post-Roe v, and just climate that we're in in our culture and country. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I came in about seven years ago as the executive director, and uh, and we had this iChoice name. We, we updated it to My Choice, And really what we were trying to do is take back some of the language. Choice was never meant to be portrayed the way the pro-choice or pro-abortion side portrays it. Um, it was actually chosen as a marketing gimmick way back when uh, Roe v. Wade was first uh, orchestrated. Um, so we were trying to take back some of the language. And, and once Roe v. Wade was over,
overturned, it really, it was almost like we crossed this line where now it felt like a bait and switch with our clients. Uh, so just because we had the, the word choice in our name, we had clients coming in actually, uh, abortion determined, meaning that they had an appointment made. They were determined that we were going to provide it for them, which we don't do. And, uh, and not hearing or seeing the fact that we don't. And so we knew that we had to, we just had to wrestle this down and realize, uh, we don't need to walk in, in the fear component of losing uh, those clients because really our ministry is to those who are considering abortion. We want to be able to just sit down with them, talk through their options, slow down their thinking, and help them realize that they do have the strength to do this and to carry a child all the way uh, to term. And so um, so we rebranded, and this last fall we chose Life Services Clinics. It is who we are. We are all about life. And uh, and so everything well, and we known do about, is life. I've known about Life Services for a long Long time since before there was the, the the change in the name and then there was a change in services and a bus and a, all mm-hmm. these different uh, <laughs> things that have gone on with life services but I've always known it as life services so, so as you know a youngster that's never heard about life services now there's not going to be any confusion uh-huh. that this is about their life as well as the life of the the children or child that they will be caring for yeah and that's what we've really experienced so far is it's just um it's just kind of melted through all of that confusion. We're no longer my choice clinics. We're life services clinics. That's great. So there's no confusion there. And when you're talking about having confusion, a lot of the confusion that we have is because we don't have restoration of the damage that's happened in mm-hmm. our lives. We haven't broken down as we talked in the first half about breaking down those walls, those barriers that we've built around our hurt or our shame. Mm-hmm. And so tell us how you ended up you know, leaving one area of ministry into restoration. Yeah. So we had, uh, we paused our housing. We've been a, a maternity home for 23 years and, uh, provided housing for pregnant young moms. And we've, some beautiful stories have come out of that. Uh, however, just over the past, probably eight years, at least, uh, those that we were housing were, wanting less and less um, to actually deal with the reasons that brought them to our doors. And so uh, we are an entire program. We're not just a, a, a roof over people's heads. We really... Um, well, we, we had a couple programs just previous to you coming in the studio and where we just, we talked about there's free housing for anyone everywhere all yeah. the time. So yeah. there's already a housing component for people to want free housing but there isn't really a component of the free housing that helps restore people's um, hope in how they're going to raise a child. Exactly, exactly. And so we were really trying to bring dignity to our clients um, by requiring uh, both for them to step into responsibility and um, accountability. And what we've just seen is we've had more and more clients who didn't want that. They just wanted a roof. And God wasn't bringing our house parents. We've been... Um, advertising for house parents for a year. And so we just decided to take a step back and focus and almost look anew at what he was bringing forward. And what he was bringing forward was our whole restoration program. Well, that seems like a smart decision, I think, not just from you as the executive director, but your board, because, you know, if you go back and listen to our two shows that we did earlier in the week, our state government is making uh, b- being a housing provider, mm-hmm. extremely expensive, mm-hmm. extremely difficult. So it's it's hard for one to compete with the the government contracts for housing. It's also hard to operate in that space. I think 
And so now you're just looking at, hey, we're going to put all of our efforts into restore. Re- restoring people, is that kind of the restoration aspect? It's the restoration it? aspect. Yeah, it really takes uh, into account the mental health and emotion, mental, emotional, and spiritual health of our clients. And so we know that our entire ministry is all about relationship, that that's really where people heal and where people find transformation is in that relationship. And so we've been uh, training life services coaches um, to help coach people through their financial issues or relational issues. Uh, We also have healing groups for people who've experienced sexual trauma or past abortion for both men and women. And then the biggest piece is we actually hired a licensed mental health counselor on um, to our staff. And so when we have clients who are in our program, they have to be in our program and actively working towards their stuff. They have to have a mentor be in our classes. They're eligible for to be able to see our our counselor. And really what we want to do is stop the revolving door. We've just seen that um, some of the mental health um, and the emotional trauma issues of our clients create almost this revolving door system where they come through with one unplanned pregnancy, and then a couple years later we see them with another and with another, and broken relationships all attached to those. And so we realize that we actually have a responsibility not just to help women choose life and choose Jesus, but also a responsibility to help them step forward into really healthy lifestyles and make, that make better choices all around. So make that better that choices. It's not a revolving door of, of damage decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, abortion is really a bad response to really real problems uh, that women have. And so we decided to step up and in, into um, helping them deal with some of those real issues that they were facing. Yeah. The underlying issues of not being able to, to be secure enough to, to care for a child especially when there's so many resources out in the world today available to, to young moms. Mm-hmm. It, it, if there's a revolving door, it really does say that there's underlying issues with the individual and how they make their choices, then it really is about being able to afford a child or not. Yeah. So many cool stories that we've just been seeing uh, come through where people, um, can I tell you a quick story? Do we have time? Uh, we've got about seven minutes, yeah. Perfect. Okay, quick story. Little gal who came in um, is actually a professional. Not everybody that we see, uh, we see such a range. We see professionals, we see uh, married gals, and then we see gals coming right off the streets um, with their unplanned pregnancy. And about a third of them show up with their with their significant others, their boyfriends. And so, so there is support for some of them, that possibly. Oh, absolutely. And that's, that's why we have this whole fatherhood program. And we can talk about that. Uh, I know we talked about that last time, but... Yeah, we have a whole program for him because um, he's he's in this decision with her. There takes two to tango, two to, two to make a baby. But real quick story, little gal who came in, abortion determined. Absolutely, I'll call her Maya. She's a professional, has a professional job, had two other kids, but has had just a string of broken relationships. So now she's got, um, this would be the third one with a third dad. And she was, so it's one of the reasons that she was determined to have an abortion. And she's got some really big church wounds. We'll just leave that at that. And so when she sat down with us, she said, I'm not talking about God. And I'm not talking about um, carrying this baby. Just do the ultrasound so I can get on with uh, getting this abortion. And and we just got to sit with her, got to ask her questions. And we so slowly start to, it was like watching a flower unfold. And then she started to just tell her more of her story. And she came back the next day, and we didn't expect her to. We thought she was going to go through with it. And she came back, and she said, you listened. Nobody's listened to me in a long, long time. And so our team just continued to listen to her. And about the fifth visit, she said, all right, I need help. I have nobody. 
but I, I think I've decided to carry. So we brought her into our mentoring program. She went through our parenting classes. And then we had a local um, a volunteer from a local church who had decided she wanted to help. And so she is leading our Alpha program. We haven't had a discipleship program in life services. We usually take people out to other churches. But we started a discipleship um, program called Alpha. And uh, this little gal went through it and rededicated her life to the Lord. And she is now um, looking to get baptized. And yeah. And well, just, this is a young professional that... <laughs> It's, Obviously, it's, uh, has two other children, uh-huh. and you know the, what? What better babysitter than an older sister or brother? Right? <laughs> you, once yet, you know, I always say, you know, if you're going to have one, have three. Right. So right. that I mean, or six. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think she was probably stopping at three, but we've just loved the fact that she had all of these big things stacked up against her, and yet. All she needed was somebody to listen and say, what about this? And what about this? And just come alongside her. And now all those things that just uh, were pushing her towards abortion are now things that are actually um, like church is fueling her again. And and this new relationship with Jesus is uh, fueling her parenting and, and kind of her outlook on life. That's an amazing story. And I'm sure it's one that you can probably tell over and over. I'm sure you're going to have with your podcast, Life Renovation, that these success stories are, are going to embolden other people to, to share them with people that are struggling, that don't know if they can mm-hmm. you know, continue a pregnancy in this. Hey, wait a minute here. Listen to this story. It was kind of like your story. Yeah. There's a background here of someone that didn't think it was possible that you could just put your name into that story and it matches up so well. And, and there is hope and there is promise that you can carry to term and there's a future. And to me, I, I look at life as, Okay, well, why am I paying taxes? Why am I going to work if I'm not going to have a family? I mean, what's what's mm-hmm. the purpose after that? You right. know, we've got this whole culture of, you know, don't have children because it's bad for the environment. And then, well, what do you do if you don't have children? Oh, well, you travel the world. Uh, I think you're killing the environment with all the fumes from your jet planes <laughs> there, people. But it's it's just strange to me. How do you look at a future life without children? Yeah, I mean, if, if you think it, just look back over generations. Family is really the building block of society. And back generations before all of us. And so... That's uh, that's been one of our big joys is watching families reunite. This little gal that I was just talking about, Maya, the boyfriend came back in the picture, and because we have a fatherhood program, he now has a mentor. They're now engaged. So she thought she was going to have no one, uh-huh. but because uh-huh. there was a life brought into the yep. world, and the father probably he reengaged, probably decided maybe I should be a part of the life uh-huh. I helped create. And now you have what looks to be a future healthy it, relationship. And they just got engaged over Christmas wow. and they're both going to church. And it's just, it's one of those, it feels a little bit Cinderella-ish. Um, Cinderella is a different story, but uh, a little fairy tale-ish. And yet it's what we see the Lord do over and over when people discover they're not alone in these really, really big life decisions. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that we, have a culture uh, to me it's a culture of death that we see in our country with the legislation that gets passed in certain states but then we see a post uh, row where we thought you know we were told oh there was going to be no abortions well post row there's more abortions than ever 
And we're not seeing the restoration in a lot of places where we thought we would Mm -hmm. after the court said it's not a right to kill your child. Oh, you guys, what we're hearing, I'm sorry, if we're going to go from Maya's story, which is beautiful, and to some really hard stuff, because abortion is up 23% in Washington state since Roe v. Wade uh, was overturned. That's a lot of the out-of-state traffic, but it's also just this um, perpetuation of abortion, this really bad response to real issues. People don't see it. They, they think that it's going to be the answer that allows them to either, I don't know, hide the affair or go to school or keep my job or well, it seems like we're, keep the boyfriend around. It's also a timing. It's not just rope, but also how we're sexualizing our, our culture, not just through, you know, pop culture, but in our education systems, mm-hmm. and, you know, universities, down high school, middle school, and the kind of content that people are exposed to, uh, you know, whether it's our tax dollars in education or whether it's media that's not controlled by, you know, the FCC in, you know, age-appropriate content. One of the... Um one of the speakers or the guests that we're going to have on, she's going to give a state of the family. She is a local uh, counselor here in the public schools. She was talking about just how they um, how they decide uh, whether or not a child is has possibly be, been sexually traumatized. And before it was always if the child spoke about um, sex or or drew pictures or stuff, they knew oh that child's had early exposure, so they they might have some trauma. We better check into this area. Now, as, as these public school counselors, this is coming from a Spokane public school counselor, that's, that's not true anymore. The, I mean, so many of these kids um, are showing high, high sexualization early, and their very first question now is, what are the parental controls on the screens? We're out of time for today's show, but folks, thanks for joining us and Glendy Loringer, Executive Director of Life Services. Again, go to lifeservices.org and also listen to the podcast podcast life renovation they're going to be involved in a whole lot of good conversations here in the future i am sure because when you are standing up for life you're standing up for the future so the future of life renovation podcast is bright we'll be with you folks again on monday bye-bye bye thanks for having me